welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log, Day 92, Wage War. I was watching a video by a rather controversial figure in the Orthodox space, right? There are even Lots and lots of Orthodox people who don't like this particular person and make accusations about him, whatever your opinions may be about him. I'm not actually not going to name who it is because I just don't think that that's fruitful. But whatever people think about him, there is something particular that he always says. And, you know, for those of you who've heard him say this, you'll probably know who I'm talking about. And I'm making no statements about him, but I want to talk about this particular phrase. And I think it's based on scripture. I think he gets it somewhere from scripture. And I'm going to reference a verse of scripture in today's field log. That was the primary motivation. But, you know, as sort of an introductory story, which I, you know, like to do. He says that the kingdom of God is gained through violence. Right? Of course, Christians are the group of people in this world who have the best understanding of peace. Now, we're not pacifists, right? You could say, strictly speaking, that there are people who are quote-unquote more peaceful than us. Which, of course, I would say that's an incorrect understanding. Of course, being Christian, as you are too, of course. But we have the best understanding of peace. That being said, we understand that sometimes, in order to achieve peace, you need to wage war. To achieve the good that is your goal. You need to wage war against those who would prevent you from achieving that good. Sometimes that person is yourself. Sometimes, and in fact, I would say every day, several times a day, all day long, we are waging war against ourselves. Now, before I go any further, I want to read a scripture verse that inspired this episode. And we are currently in the first letter to Timothy from St. Paul. Chapter 1, verse 18, and I think I'll read 19 as well, just to give more context. And the verse goes, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected, concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. Now, and then it, it goes on one more verse, but it just it names some people who, who did some bad things and Paul punished them. Unfortunately, the back doesn't have any footnotes on this, right? We have a footnote for 115, we have a footnote for 120, but 118 and 119 are conspicuously unfootnoted, uninterpreted. So, of course, big, big disclaimer, especially because I don't have the bounds of footnotes to help me this time, that I'm not a priest, I'm not a theologian. Anything that I say that approaches spiritual things, please Please, please talk to your priest, talk to your spiritual father, talk to pretty much, honestly, anyone else. That being said, I think that this Bible verse, the scripture verse, is something useful for us to talk about the daily workings of the warrior king, which I do know a thing or two about since I came up with the word. So wage the good warfare, right? We are told, or well, Timothy is told, and of course, since it's holy scripture, it applies to all of us. We are told to wage the good warfare. Based on two things. And I literally just locked my screen. I'm going to pull that back up. 
We're told to wage the good warfare based on prophecies that were made. And of course, it sounds like there were specific prophecies made about Timothy. I don't think I've had any specific prophecies made about myself personally. Maybe you have. Um, I think it's unlikely though. But the other thing is having faith and a good conscience, right? And that is something that we should all have, right? That is not something that's limited to Timothy alone, right? However blessed he may have been to have as his spiritual father an apostle, no less. How beautiful that would be. We all know that the first commitment of the warrior king is to God, right? So we know that faith is the most important quality in us. And of course, a lot of times faith is expressed in different ways. We know from the scriptures that the the highest commandment is to love the Lord your God, right? So we are told to love God. And I I think that that really is, is well interpreted to mean have faith in God, right? You can't love something you don't believe in. Um... Maybe you can, right? Myth fiction or something, but that's besides the point. Getting sidetracked. Having faith and a good conscience. So the things that we do on a daily basis have to be motivated by two things. Our faith in God, that God is guiding us, that God has a plan for us, that he has laid out this path for us. And a good conscience, meaning that everything we're doing is something we would be proud of telling our priest in the confessional, telling our wife on, let's say, your wedding day, telling your children when they say, hey, dad, what is it that you do? And you say, here, let me show you. And these are all the people that I stole from and these are all the people that I mistreated and whatever, right? You wouldn't want to do that. So you want to have a good conscience. So if you believe in the mission, if you believe in what it is that we're doing here, if you believe that the world... And if not the entire world, then at the very least, the people who depend on you, your wife and your children, if you have those, your brothers, your church, your parents, your siblings, everybody, your friends, that they would benefit from you doing these things, that you are living up to your calling, and you have a good conscience knowing that the things that you're doing are moral, right? Not just amoral, meaning neither good nor bad, but they are actually good, right? It's not good enough to not be a bad person. That's not good enough. What's good enough is being perfect. And of course, we are never perfect. We always fall short of the standard, but we strive for it. But given those two conditions, right? If you're doing that, if you're living your life in faith and you have faith in God and you have faith in the calling he has for you, and you are convinced that at the end of the day, you tried your very hardest by God's grace and his mercy to do good, which of course, nothing good ever truly comes from us because All good things come from above. So anytime we do something good, it's by the mercy and grace of the Lord that we do it. But if you have become a conduit for that, if you've submitted to God's will and become the real you, right? This is how you become the real you, by shedding your ego and becoming the person God wants you to be. Then it is not only acceptable to wage war, it's necessary. If you are someone like uh, Saint Ilya, whom I've mentioned before, right? Very inspiring warrior saint. You should look at pictures of him. There's this fantastic picture of him sitting on a horse, right? This icon of him on a horse. And I think the horse is sort of on its rear legs. And he's got this sword in his hand. And I think it's a scimitar. It's like a curved sword, if I remember correctly. And he used to just run around and, and basically kill people who were killing other people. He would protect the women and the children. And that often meant waging war. That's what we do. 
right? In the business world, right? If you are building wealth, what you're essentially trying to do is you are trying to use that wealth for the benefit of other people, right? To serve God's purposes against the ill intentions of God's enemies, right? The enemy is always working. He's always enlisting people who believe his lies. And when we wage the good warfare, this is what we do. We fight for God, who is love. We fight for peace. We fight for all of the virtues that we've been taught by the church, by the Lord himself, in prayer, in asceticism, in fasting. We, we fight for honesty. We fight for being upstanding. And we wage war. But we don't just wage war on the world and the workings of the devil in the world. We also wage war on ourselves. Every single morning when that alarm goes off, and you're staring at the ceiling, right? From the floor, of course, because you're sleeping on the floor now. And you're staring at the ceiling and you say, I don't today want to get out of bed or out of floor, I suppose you could say. Not today. I just need 10 more minutes, 20 more minutes, 30 more minutes. I just need to grab my phone and look at all the messages I got because I need that dose of dopamine immediately today. I need it right now. That's how you feel in the morning. You fight that. You wage war on that and you submit that perversion inside of you, that distortion inside of you. You submit it to the will of God. When you are tempted to tell yourself lies and perk up here, if this is playing in the background, pay attention for this part. When you're tempted to tell yourself lies, that you think you're doing the right thing. And I know this from experience. Of course, I do this. We all do this. And you think you're doing the right thing, right? And you're justifying to yourself what you're doing. And this doesn't just have to be immorality. This can be not following your purpose and you're being lackadaisical and you think, oh, it's okay for me to do this. It's okay for me to, to not work on my stewardship potential so I can take care of people in the future. It's okay for me to waste all this money. It's okay for me to not go train. If you're not training, shame on you. It's okay for me to eat dirty. It's okay for me to be impatient and unforgiving. It's for okay for me to do all these things. If you're telling yourself these things, you're losing the war. You're losing the war. And if these words resonate, which I'm sure they do, because they resonate with me, I'm telling myself this, right? The primary audience for the field log is Marcion, is me. I am the primary audience audience. This is a field log called that because writing down the thoughts in the battlefield. That's the idea. So this resonates with me first and foremost, all the excuses I make to myself. So don't think that I'm somehow sitting here trying to be holier than thou because I'm the worst of us, right? I'm the man with the platform and still I missed a week of field logs in a row. So I get it. But the only way you truly lose the war is if you quit. As long as you get up, as long as you're not dead yet, you still have some fight left in you. And every day you start again, right? Every morning you get another chance, like a video game. The game resets, you start the level over, and you can try to beat your high score. You can try to do better. Get more power-ups. God is your power-up, right? And terrible, terrible analogy, I know. But the reason I'm telling you this today, the reason I'm using this Bible verse to sort of 
bounce off of, right? To use as a way to broach this topic of the war that we fight is because some of us are a little soft. And I've certainly felt that way sometimes. I don't generally have that tendency. I, I tend to be too harsh, rather. But some of us are too soft and we don't want to see it as war, right? We want to be kumbaya and hold hands. And we want to get along with everybody. And God forbid we offend anyone, least of all ourselves. How scared we are to offend ourselves. I was having a conversation with my uncle last week. And my uncle is, as is pretty much my entire extended family, a Muslim, right? Our people were converted forcefully to Islam 500 years ago. And my uncle has decided to, to make that forceful conversion voluntary. So he is committed to Islam. And we were talking about theology, right? We were talking about beliefs, but rather it was a meta conversation. We were talking about the beliefs we have about beliefs. And he told me, I respect every belief, right? This is very classic ecumenism, which we know is a heresy. But he says, I respect every belief. And if it is Islam, that's great, because that's what I believe. But if you believe something that isn't Islam, I respect that as well. And I will do whatever I can to help you on your religious path. He said this, believing it to be love, right? And I said, I don't. He says, you don't what? And I said, I don't respect every belief. I respect you and I respect your right to believe it. But I don't respect your belief, right? This is a distinction we have to make. This is one of the things that's unique about religious views that doesn't apply to anything else, right? If I told you that, for example, I don't believe in sunlight, right? I'm looking up at the sun and my, my eyes are being damaged and you're saying, you should really stop doing that. You're burning out your retinas. And I would say, I don't believe in sunlight. There's nothing to burn out my retinas. And be like, well, what is that pain? And I would say, I don't know, it's the wind or something. You would think I'm an idiot. You would think that that belief is just about the dumbest thing you've ever heard. Because you've been given proof to the contrary. The sun is right there. I can see the sunlight. I can see it damaging your eyes. All signs point to yes. Right? Magic 8 ball. Well, I believe in the Holy Trinity... And as you do, because you're listening to this, I believe in the Holy Trinity more than anything else, right? Our belief in God is stronger than our belief in anything else. It is the fundamental thing we believe. So if I believe in the Holy Trinity, then I think that any view that says that Christ is not God and the Holy Spirit is not God is something I don't respect. I respect that view. I respect your right to believe it, right? This is out of... God giving us free will to believe what we believe. So we have to give other people free will. You don't judge them necessarily for their belief, but you don't have to respect that belief. Now that entire tangent to say that we are waging war against these kinds of ideas. Right? And some of us don't want to accept that sometimes. Right? And I've, I've been there too. I get it. But if you don't understand that you are called by the execution of your faith and by the execution of and maintenance of, hopefully, a good conscience to wage the good warfare, that this is why it's called warrior king, not gardener king, or whatever else um, crazy, silly example you could come up with. I have a friend who, uh, when I started the warrior king brand, he uh, told me about this book 
uh, called is something about the four archetypes of the man, and it's like the king, the warrior, the magician, and the lover. Right? It's some sort of pagan esoteric thing, book or something. I haven't read it. And he says jokingly that, well, since my brand is warrior king, and the funny thing is, he's one of my best friends, and we are polar opposites. Right? In every conceivable way, we are polar opposites. But he's one of my best friends. He said, you're starting the uh, the Warrior King brand. I'm going to start the counterpart, the Magician Lover, right? That's not what we are. We're definitely not magicians. And we are lovers insofar as we love the Lord our God and we love our neighbors ourselves. But that is not the metaphor that we use to inform our daily actions. The metaphor we use is the Warrior King right? What's the idea behind it? Listen to day zero if you want a refresher. And honestly, it's been close to four months now. It's been more than four months. I probably need a refresher. But the warrior king is about understanding that we as men living this life are called to have dignity, to have purpose, to be leaders, to make a difference, right? And we do that through the visual sort of aid of the warrior king uh, metaphor, if you will. This metaphorical figure of the warrior king helps us get a better understanding, right? It's identity first action. This is something that I believe in fundamentally is that the best way to know what to do is to ask yourself, who do I want to be? What would that person do? If you think about the hypothetical warrior king, someone who is a, a regal royal figure, but is also a fighter and not some sort of you know, old and frail man, which, you know, if you are that, that's fine. But in the current moment, in the current place that we're at in our life, we are not that. What would that person do? How would that person act with love, with dignity, with honor, with faith, with a good conscience, right? The things that we read in the verse today. So it's your job. It is your responsibility. It's your God-given duty to wage the good warfare. Every day you wake up, I want you to know that there will be war. As you're listening to this in the morning, right, doing your usual, whatever your morning routine looks like, you're driving to work right now maybe, or maybe it took you a couple hours to get to listen to this, it's lunchtime, I want you to know that today will be war. You're going to fight your tendency to judge your brother rather than seeing your own faults. You're going to fight against demonic temptations, the devil whispering in your ear, look at that girl, right, look how beautiful she is, don't you want to sleep with her? Or you get home and you, rather than doing the work you're supposed to do, the TV is calling your name. The siren call of the TV is luring you. Or you have vespers that night. Or you have liturgy the next day. And then laziness, right? Sloth. You're going to war against all of this. You're going to war primarily against yourself. But beyond that, you're going to war against, as we say in the, what is it, the fifth commitment, mind, God, stewardship, bodycraft, mind, yes. Fifth commitment, not polluting your mind with demonic ideas. I understand that that's very inflammatory, but that's because the world wants us to stop using Christian language. And I refuse. I will not stop using Christian language, right? We believe this, is that there is a God, there's one God three persons, and there is a devil and his minions, the demons, and they have ideas that they disseminate into the world, demonic ideas. 
You're going to fight against those. You're going to wage warfare on those. Someone's going to tell you something. Like, for example, my uncle, and I love him to death, obviously. I love him. He's my family. But he's going to say something like, I respect all beliefs. And I'm going to say that that's a demonic idea because ecumenism is heresy. So heresy, being of the devil, because it's not of God, is a demonic idea. And we wage war against that. So that's what's going to happen to you today. You're going to, as you're getting dressed, you're putting on your battle armor. Right? As you're drinking your coffee and eating your food, you're eating your meal before battle. As you get into your car, you are mounting your seat, if you will. And I know that I'm going super overboard with the metaphor here. But it drives the point home. We're at war. We're at war primarily with ourselves. Secondarily with the devil. And thirdly, with the people who have chosen to submit to the devil. And we do this all every day, right? I'm no different, you're no different. But there are some people who do it all the time. They do it unapologetically, of course, without repentance, which is the worst thing you can do. So remember that today. See that coming today. Understand that you are called to have chastity, obedience, love for God, love for your neighbor, right? I'm not saying war so that you can treat other people like they're not human. They all have the image of God in them. This is how we show the world that we're Christians, is by loving one another, loving those who hate us, calling brothers, even those who hate us, as we're hearing in the hymnography right now. Loving our enemies, this is something that a lot of people find very foreign, that some people get very angry about. Loving our enemies, loving people, no matter what they've done. Understanding that sin is a disease. And that's how we wage war in this sort of paradoxical way, by being unapologetic about what we believe, but being loving beyond everyone and everything else that is not Christian and Christ-like. So remember that today, that's the only task, to remember you're at war, to wage war faithfully. And if you do that, and you convince others, your brothers around you to do that as well. And there's Dahlia sitting on my lap, and she's decided to get chatty. If you convince others around you to do the same, and you do what you're supposed to do, and wage war, the world will be a better place because of you and you can rest assured and you can take you know satisfaction in a job well done through the grace of God but only if you show up and realize that you have to wage war that's it for this week's field log if you like what you heard today you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now you can also rate the show that always helps out a lot you can find me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way, and of course, the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day.